seen in the scriptures, there's a wide range of methods that the Lord has given to us to obtain healing. Uh, and, uh, and I believe that the reason he gave us many ways to obtain healing was because there are many levels of faith in our own lives. Amen. That uh, uh, some people have very little faith. And so they need to really to depend upon the faith of others. Some people have great faith, the Bible calls it. Uh, and they don't need anything. Just speak the word only, Lord, and it'll be sufficient. I don't need hands laid upon me. I don't need to be on and with oil. Uh, but, but we always need to be careful not to diminish anybody wherever their faith is at. Because faith is, if they got any faith, well, then they're doing pretty good. Amen. But don't fault. Well, you know, if you had faith, you wouldn't need hands laid upon you. Well, that's great, uh, Mr. Spiritual One. But, um, you know, uh, I need hands laid upon me. And so I'm going to get hands laid upon me. And it's really none of your business whether I do that or not, you know. Uh, and so uh, and that's the same thing that if people need to take medication because of wherever their faith is at, then praise God. At least they can do it with faith. Right. Um, and so don't ever diminish somebody because uh, they're they're um, taking medication because that would be you know unkind to do that. And it puts you as a position of judge of their lives, which uh, is that your role? I don't, is that is that a role in the body of Christ to judge people based upon their level of faith? I, I, that last time I checked, that's not a role in the body of Christ, although many people have taken that role over the years, haven't they, right? <laughs> well, if you were a person of faith, you know, you would need that. And I go, well, that, aren't you special, you know? And, and so, and that's, uh, I told you the story with Lester Stromerall. He had a dear friend uh, that uh, had gone to a meeting with an evangelist, and the evangelist uh, was preaching that if you're, uh, if you're taking medication, you're in sin because you're in doubt and unbelief. Uh, and so, therefore, you need to repent and stop taking your medication. And, of course, the man did, and he died. And uh, Lester was upset. And, and Lester gets upset. You know, uh, he's going to let you know about it. You know, he doesn't hide it. You know, he just come blast you out of the water, you know. And, and um, But, see, the problem with that statement that if you're taking uh, medication, you're in doubt and unbelief, and therefore you're in sin, can't be true because you have the capacity to take medication by faith, don't you? I believe in God that this medication will do what it's supposed to do and not have any side effects. And uh, don't you have that ability to do that? I mean, it, it's not either or, right? Uh, because then, then there would only be one way to obtain healing, which would be by faith alone. Then you wouldn't need hands laid upon you. You wouldn't need anointing with oil. You wouldn't need the prayer cloths. You wouldn't need the gifts of healings. You wouldn't need any of those things uh, if, if the only way to get healed is, is by your faith alone. Uh, and so uh, those are all varying levels of faith. You know, someone who gets healed uh, because the manifestation of the gifts of healing is a is an operation, then that requires very little faith on their part. You know, it does need a little bit of faith, but not much, uh, as long as there's no doubt and unbelief. Uh, and so, uh, are they in doubt and unbelief because somebody has the, the uh, manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit upon them to pray for you? It's, it's not no reflection upon you as an individual. It just shows the mercy and kindness of God. Uh, and so there's a lot of things that that, that uh, I see in the body of Christ, especially in, in, you know, in our circles and the charismatic Pentecostal circles that, you know, we, of course, we teach a lot on the area of healing. But there's a lot of things that are just said that, that aren't really kosher. Right. There's a lot of philosophy of things that go on uh, even in our circles. You know, we think we're word people. But, you know, uh, in fact, I've been getting ready for the next uh, the next book we're doing. You know, I'm really having a hard time because so far most of it's really good. But the last two chapters, you know, I, I, I don't know about this, Lord, you know, uh, it ain't right, you know. And we're going to do it anyway because I think it would be good to read it and, and show 
you know, why uh, even people that had great healing ministries uh, can still allow uh, philosophy to get into their doctrine, things that aren't biblical, things that aren't uh, based upon the word of God, but just things that they see and trying to, trying to figure out how to reconcile with what they see with, with the word of God. And unfortunately, more often than not, what I've seen people do is they observe things in the natural realm, struggles that people go through and different things. And instead of finding the root cause of it by the word of God, they add to the word of God and say, well, just, you know, sometimes God just wants you to suffer. Is that anywhere in the Bible? I mean, is there any book, chapter, verse anywhere that says God, you know, sometimes God just wants you to suffer? Uh, I mean, there's no book, chapter, and verse about that at all. And yet, because they see people suffer, good people, right? Wonderful, sincere Christians that, as far as you know, are saints of God and, and uh, salt of the earth. Uh, and, and surely, uh, if someone like that is suffering, it, it would have to be by the will of God and not b- because they're terrible people. Uh, but, you know, I'm not anybody's judge, first of all. And so why is a good person suffering? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not them. Uh, but I know this, if it was me, I'd start asking the Lord. Uh, and, um, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 91 that it gives his angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, lest we dash our foot against a stone. Uh, and, um, you know, for me, if I start getting hurt doing things, you know, if it's more than just a small thing, I'd go to the Lord about it and say, Lord, you said in your word right here that you would keep me in all my ways. Your angels would keep me in, in all of my ways. Not most of my ways, not as long as, you know, it's Tuesdays and Thursdays only. He said, in all of my ways, to keep me from even dashing my foot against a stone, right? Well, well that means if you stub your toe, then something's wrong. Uh, and, 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 if, and, you know, if I stub my toe one time, you know, I might not even think anything about it. But if it's twice in a row, I go to the Lord and say, Lord, what's up? You said in your word right here that you'd keep me. So somewhere I've stepped outside from being kept. So I need to find out where did I miss it? Where did I go wrong? I don't go to the Lord and say, Lord, you know, sometimes you just want me to stub my toe, you know, because I can learn so much from a stubbed toe. You know what the only thing you think about when you stub your toe? Your toe. There's nothing else in the world more important than your toe. When you, you ever stubbed your toe? In the middle of the night trying to go, to, you know, uh, uh, you, know you, you forget that the, the coffee table is there. Uh, you know, it's been there for a thousand years, you know, but for whatever reason, you know, it moved over an inch and, and, and you're walking through the door. I know where it's at, you know, and you just stub your toe and it's just like, ah, you know, and it's like it's all you think about. You don't think about how good God is and how wonderful he is and how merciful he is. You think about your toe and how much it's throbbing. And then after, you, you know, then, then, you know, five minutes later, then it starts throbbing. Every, you know, it's throbbing, you know, the pain. Well, well, you know, I remember years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine and, and I just noticed, you know, like over, over a few weeks period, I noticed that, you know, he'd smashed his finger and, and, and uh, uh, smashed it, bumped his head, you know, on a thing. And, you know, two or three different things, uh, you know, not, not serious, like broken, but, you know, painful things. And I said, have you asked the Lord about that? Why, why these things keep happening? And he said, well, I know. And I thought, that's the, really the oddest thing that, that, you know, that he, you know, he, he was a minister. Uh, and um, I'm like, that's just really odd to me. I want to know. Because my expectation is, if he said his angels are given charge over me to keep me in all my ways, then my, my expectation is that his angels have been given charge over me to keep me in all my ways. That's what I expect, because that's what he said. I don't expect something he didn't say. I expect that because that's what he said. And, and, if, it, and if there's something that's beyond the word of God, 
if my life and what I'm doing and observing in my life doesn't seem to line up with me being kept, then I go to the Lord and find out where did I miss it? Because he didn't miss it. He didn't say, I'm going to keep you in all your ways unless I just get really tired of doing it. And then it's just, you're on your own. You know, too bad, right? No, uh, he didn't, there's no outs for that on his side, right? Did he give himself a loophole that I'm going to keep you in all your ways except on Tuesdays, except on Monday afternoon, unless you go 56 miles an hour, right? Uh, I, I mean, is there anything in there that, uh, that he says that there's a limit to that? There's not any, not any limits that I can see. Uh, and so if there's no limits, then, then I expect him to be a man of his word. That's, and I'm not expecting him to do something he didn't say he would do. I expect him to do it because he said he would do it. Uh, and if he said that I am the Lord that healeth thee, then my expectation is that he's my healer and that I live a life of divine health all the days of my life. Uh, and, and, you know, if there's something I can't overcome, then I go to him and say, what's the deal, Lord? You know, why can I not overcome this? Uh, and I expect him to answer me. I expect him to show me, you know. Uh, and in my, in my experience, it's not always been sin. You know, people always oh, you must be some sin. Sometimes it's just being dumb, right? Sometimes it's just... Now, either uh, you, you don't know your lack of information, right? Because didn't the Bible say that my people perish for what? A lack of knowledge, right? It didn't say they perish always because of sin. Sometimes they don't know. Sometimes, you know, if you go to the average person that goes to just a regular old church that doesn't teach healing, how much uh, healing scriptures do they know? How much knowledge do they have that God's their healer? I mean, they may not know. If nobody's ever taught them, how would they know? Uh, and, and so... They may die of sickness and disease outside the will of God. Uh, and, of course, I'm not putting anything on anybody. I'm just saying that, uh, that if nobody's told them that God's their healer, then how would they know that God's their healer? Uh, and so, uh, so they could be perishing just for a lack of knowledge, not because uh, they're in some deep, dark sin or because they're just not a good person or something you know, that, that would require us to judge them. It just may be simply they just don't know. You know, uh, and, you know, that's why we have spies out in the world, right, to go tell people about these things, right? Because there's people that don't know. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> I always love it when you when you learn a verse one day and then the very next day someone says something about it. Let me tell you all about that right there. Right. And they act like, oh, you're so smart, you know. Uh, and so, um, uh, but, you know, I just let them keep on thinking you're super smart, Sue. It's all right, right? <laughs> That's all right. Uh, but, you know, my goal is to find out what the Word of God says and live to the very best of my ability at the 100% of what the Lord says we can live at. Now, I'm just not satisfied with living a 90% uh, Christian life. That, you know, you win some, you lose some. You know, sometimes you're sick, sometimes you're not. Sometimes God just wants to be sick, and then sometimes he doesn't. And, uh, and, and I find... Uh, you know, and, and looking back and, and, and even even with our friend uh, Brother Bosworth here, you know, there's been one or two little things that we've had to kind of, you know, adjust what he said to line up with the word of God, you know, and the same thing with the next book that we're going to. And, you know, I think I'm just spoiled because of, of all the ministers I followed, you know, Brother Hagin's probably I, th- I still believe he's the most accurate minister as it comes to the word of God and doctrine as far as faith goes than anybody I follow after because it's so easy for these people for little things to sneak into their doctrine. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Donald G. was one of the greatest Pentecostal ministers of all time. And he wrote a book uh, called uh, about Trophimus. Uh, and and um, uh, the, basically the premise of the book is sometimes God just wants you to be sick. And you, all you Pentecostals need to get off your, 
he called it your fanatical uh, holding on to the idea that God always wants you to be uh, well and healed. He called it fanatics. Uh, you know, now, he didn't have any scriptural basis for that other than the Bible does say that, that Paul left Trophimus sick at Miletum. Uh, but it doesn't say that it was God's desire for him to be sick. It didn't say it was God's will for him to be sick. It just says he was sick. And, and Paul's like, look, I got to go. You know, you're sick. Man, I'm sorry. I got to go. Uh, and I mean, that's, that's literally what it meant, you know, and Trophimus missed out because he didn't have the faith, you know, and I'm not judging Trophimus. I don't know. I don't even know him, you know, and I, when I get to heaven, he may come up and say, hey, you know, you were a little hard on me, don't you think? Uh, and, uh, but he may not. He may be like, you know, you was right because, uh, you know, if he'd had the faith, he'd be hung around Paul. Didn't Paul uh, exhibit the faith of the apostle, right? Signs and wonders and, and healings. Uh, he could have picked up on that and gotten healed. And not, not missed out on, I mean, wouldn't you love to travel with Paul? I mean, you know, the world had to stop spinning for me to not to make it. I'm going, you know, I don't care. I'm going, right? If, if there was a way to go, I'm going. It's uh, sick. I, you know, sorry, I can't go. I'm sick. You know, again, I'm not trying to be harsh on Trophimus. I'm just saying that there was no statement in that verse that, that it was God's will for him to be sick. And yet the whole premise of the book was that sometimes God just, you know, uh, you just need to be sick. God wants you to be sick. Because you've got to teach you some things. And this is a Pentecostal minister, a president of a Pentecostal college, saying these things. Uh, and, uh, you know, after all these years of following up the doctrine uh, that uh, Brother Hagen taught, because he just teaches the word. He doesn't teach philosophy. That, that's really the distinguishing fact that I've seen from Brother Hagen is so many of these ministers get philosophy intertwined with their doctrine things that they've observed and that becomes philosophy that's not based upon the word of God. It's based upon anecdotes, you know, the stories and things that they know. And, uh, and um, you know, just like the one fellow that, that wrote a book I was reading after, and he had a whole chapter on pleading the blood of Jesus. And I, and, and I thought, well, you know, the rest of the book was really good. You know, it had all kinds of scriptures and things, the foundation for what he believed. And, and, and so he, so I thought, well, he's got this chapter. He was a Bible teacher, right? And I thought, well, he's got a whole chapter on this. So, uh, I'm, I'm finally going to get the scriptural basis for this this doctrine, pleading the blood. He didn't give a single Bible verse. It was all just, well, this person pleaded the blood and they got healed. This person pled the blood of Jesus and they were delivered. Well, that's uh, I thank God for that, but that I don't I, I can't base my doctrine on your experiences. You know how many times have people done the wrong thing and still got well? You know, I mean, it, out of their sincere heart, they cried unto God. You know, and they did it the wrong way. But God still had mercy on us. And that's great, but I can't base my, my, my faith upon the mercy that God extends to you. I, I can only base my faith upon the Word of God. And if you give me the basis for the Word of God, then praise God, I, I, can, I have something to hook my faith up to. But I can't hook my faith up. Well, God did it for them, so, I mean, that's great, but, but why did He do it for them? Is there a scriptural basis for why He did it for them? I can't go to the Lord, well, you did it for them, you've got to do it for me. And I know there is some truth to that, but it has to be based upon you know, well, Lord, you prospered them, so you'll prosper me. Because your word says, number one, that, that if I do this, I'll be prosperous. So, you, so I can't just go to the Lord only and, hey, you did this thing for them. Uh, that's no basis for faith. Uh, and so, uh, because he may have done it for them either out of a sovereign act that's got nothing to do with faith, then if it's a sovereign act, then I can't believe God for a sovereign act for me too. Well, you know, Lord, you did this for them, you know, uh, then I expect you to, well, I did, I did that out of mercy. Well, I can't, I can't believe God that he has the same mercy for me that he has for somebody else. That's not the way that things work. So uh, let's, let's uh, stay with the word of God. Amen. amen. The word of God is plenty sufficient to obtain faith. Amen. To grow in faith.
Uh, and, uh, and it'll always work, amen? Uh, and the things that people either succeed at or fail at, both of those things, you know, happen, but I can't base, upon, I can't base my faith upon anything that I observe with a natural eye uh, because then, then I'm just walking by, by sight, right? Not walking by faith. And so, uh, let's see, we were talking last week about uh, this, uh, uh, it's pretty close to the end of the chapter here, about um, one of the reasons why he has seen people uh, fail in, in um, getting healed is they're waiting for healing before they'll believe. Uh, and we talked about Mark eleven twenty four and how it gives us the order of events and the order of things that we need to uh, follow in order to receive the things that we desire. And so uh, we're not going to go back over all the detail, but he says what things are we desire. So no, step number one is you have to have a desire. And some people, oh, Lord, I, you know, I don't desire anything. That ain't true. You desire a well body, don't you? Well, you know, if it's the Lord's will for me not to have a well body, then I, I don't desire a well body. That's not true. Why do you go into the doctor then? Rebellious thing. I mean, it's just, you know, people fight it. Uh, you know, there's just a natural, you know, the Bible calls death an enemy. And every human being uh, recoils uh, when death approaches uh, because death is an enemy. Uh, and, and we have a natural uh, resistance to uh, yielding to death. But then when we get in the church, you know, we forget all that, right? And we, we act like, you know, it's okay. It's not okay, right? Uh, so it's okay for you to have a desire. Lord, I desire well body. Well, you're being selfish. It's... You know, how is that selfish? But people will say things like that, you know. If God, wants you to be si- if God wants you to be sick, then, you know, be sick. Then why did God give us doctors? I believe God gave us doctors, you know. And, and I believe that uh, that's one of the ways. It's a way on the end of the spectrum that requires the, the least amount of faith because you can just go to the doctor, do what he says. And for the most part, you know, you'll be okay, especially nowadays, you know, with all the medications they got. But can they fix everything now? They still can't fix everything now. And there's a lot of things that go, ah, it beats me. You know, I don't have, no, I don't have any idea, right? Uh, and so, so it's okay to have a desire. It's okay to desire a well body. Isn't that, is that, I mean, could you have a desire for a well body? Well, sure you could, right? Uh, and so uh, you can have a desire for a well body. Uh, does he say what things serve a desire as long as it doesn't deal with the uh, wellness of your physical body? No, then, then a desire for a well body would, would fall in, in the list of what things soever you desire, right? So how is that not okay? It's perfectly okay, right? Because he said what things soever. He didn't say and, unless it's your well body and then that's being selfish or unless it's a good job, well, that's being selfish. Unless it's, you know, for a house that doesn't leak, that's being selfish or a car doesn't blow up every time you go to the red light. You know, that, uh, you know uh, <laughs> that one car I told you I had, I used to keep a, a, a case of oil in the trunk because it, it uh, burned about as much oil as gas, you know. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, I would have to go on a trip and, and, and at the end, uh, uh, you know, after driving for a couple of hours, I'd fill up with gas and check the oil. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, there's probably, you could probably find out where I was going, just follow that little oil streak, you know. <laughs> and so I didn't know enough about how to fix cars back then. So, so I just, uh, I fixed it by buying more oil. Uh, that fixed it, right? And so, uh, but um, what things soever you desire. So, you know, the, the, thing, the, the thing I like about the Word of God is you should ask questions, right? Because it says, what things soever you desire. So, yeah, well, Lord, what does that cover? Well, then the, it tells you right there what it covers, right? It covers what things soever. Amen. And we know that you can't, and, and people always come up with the, the, these hypothetical, what about a pink elephant or what about a unicorn? 
uh, you know, it's always foolish people who say things like that because they're not trying to find the faith of what the word says, right? But I think within the confines of the word of God, there is a, a wide range because didn't he say that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think? So even if everything that you ask or think is, is proper desires, he said there's still way more than that. That's a lot, right? So even if even if what you think uh, uh, and desire is perfectly acceptable, he said, I can do exceeding abundantly above that. Uh, so, so Lord, how, uh, how big of a desire can I have? He said, well, thanks, whoever. Uh, when you pray, so you have, you have two responsibilities, have to have a, a godly desire and have to pray. Well, if God wants me to be will, Lord, if it's your will, then, then uh, do that. Well, then, then you're not praying, right? Because you said when you pray, right? Well, things are, when you pray, believe that you receive them. You can't believe that you receive them if you don't know if it's his will for you to have them. So because if you're saying, Lord, if, if it's your will, then do this. Otherwise, don't do this. Then he's like, well, so which way is it? Do you want me to do it or do you not want me to do it? Well, Lord, whatever you want me to do. That's not what he said. He said, what your desire is, then pray that your desire is met. Isn't that what he says? So for us to say, Lord, I have a desire and I want you to meet it unless you don't want to meet it. And then either way is okay. Well, then, then which, way, which way do you want it? Uh, and so people think they're being spiritual, but they're not being spiritual. They're being unbiblical. Uh, and they're really being disrespectful to the Lord because he's, he's telling us the order of how these things should work. And for us to change this order or to add to this order would be really disrespectful to the Lord and, and to um, uh, and then to uh, um, not not follow what he's prescribed for us to do. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's amazing how faithful people will be over medication. Take it three times a day uh, after you had a meal. Right. And they're like, oh, I can't, I can't take my medicine yet. I haven't, I haven't eaten yet. Oh, it's got to be exactly at this time of day right here, right now, right? Uh, and then they'll follow to the nth degree. Uh, and then the Bible says, do this right here. Like, I can't do that. Well, you'll do this thing over here that some doctor in the natural world uh, tells you to do, and he's only practicing medicine. You know, he hopes it works, but he doesn't really know because, I mean, everybody's body is different now. It's proven that 95% of the time this works, but you could be in the 5%. You don't ever know, right? And so... And I'm not trying to diminish your medication. I'm just saying that, you know, how, how faithful somebody would be over here to do this and yet how, how wishy-washy they'll be on the Word of God. If the Word of God, here's some very specific, clear instructions. Desire, pray, believe, receive. Uh, well, I, I don't know about that, Lord. I, you know, it's uh, um, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So he said, you shall have them. So does that mean that sometimes you get the answer yes and sometimes you get the answer no? Uh, is that what it says? No. Uh, according to this word, how often should you expect to receive them? Every single time. Are there any exceptions? Never a single exception. So, so would this verse work for healing as well as for any other thing that you have desire of? Well, sure. So, so if that's the case, then do we have a right and a privilege from heaven to believe God 100% of the time without exception to be healed? Well, sure we do. Uh, and this is, verse, this is not a complicated verse to understand, right? I mean, it's, the words, there's not any $64 words in there. There's no Greek or Hebrew words stuck in the middle of this thing. They're all pretty simple words to understand. And yet, uh, this, this verse is a mystery to many people. Well, you can't believe until you receive it, right? I can't be healed. You know, I'll, I'll believe, I'll get, I'll believe I'll, I'm healed when I receive it. Well, that's out of order, right? It, uh, and so, 
you know, if you're in a courtroom and you do something else, that you're out of order. If you do something that's, that's not right, you know, you're out of order. And then sometimes they say, bailiff, you know, take this guy out, right? He, you know, order in the court, order in the court. Well, there's an order here that we're supposed to prescribe, we're prescribed to follow. And, uh, and really, since the master said it, since the head of the church said it, we're obligated as servants of the Most High God to do exactly and only what he says for us to do. And anything else is either a sign of rebellion or a sign of uh, a lack of knowledge, right? That you just don't know, that you don't know that it says this. Uh, and so uh, it doesn't make any sense that if you desire to be well and God said you can be well, then why did God make you sick to begin with? Uh, you know, why would God make you sick? But then he said, but I'll heal you. That's, that's, that's crazy, right? Uh, that somebody would, would hurt you and then heal you. That's crazy, right? I mean, that, that we put people like that in prison, right? Because they're, they're insane. Uh, they're hurting their children so they can then heal their children. Uh, that's crazy people do stuff like that. And why would we say that God hurts his children so that he can then heal his children? Well, then God doesn't heal. But it says right there that he'll heal every single time. You shall have them. Is that what it says? Uh, and so if it's, if it's anything less, then it can't be the will of God. Uh, well, you know, sometimes God just wants you to be sick. Well, then, uh, then what's the point of you having a desire? What's the point of you praying? What's the point of you believing if after doing your three responsibilities, God still reserves the right to say no? Because that's not what it says, though. He didn't say do all these things, and having done these three responsibilities, I may or may not uh, grant these requests to you. Is that what it says? No, he says you shall have them. Uh, and, and that's the thing I love about the Word of God. It's very clear, very plain. But in order to believe that, you have to have a certain level of faith that, Lord, if you said it, then, then I just assume that that's exactly what you meant. I, I don't assume that you meant anything else. Uh, and yet, how many people just say that, that you can't do, you can't just desire anything? Why not? Uh, you know, where did you get that from? Who told you? You remember when, when Adam, uh, when the Lord came to Adam after, you know, he'd eaten of the tree and, and he said, I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you he was naked? Who told you you can't believe God? Who told you you can't have a godly desire and have it met? Who told you that? Uh, it wasn't me. It wasn't the Lord. He didn't tell you those things. He said, what things serve you desire? Uh, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And so a lot of people, they have a hard time believing that they're healed until they receive their healing. Well, then they're not obtaining healing by faith. They may obtain healing by natural means, just by their own physical body kicking in and doing its job. They may receive their healing by taking some medication, but they're not receiving their healing supernaturally by faith. Uh, and so, uh, and, and, you know, and, and again, I got no problem with people getting healed by medication. I got no problem with people going to the doctors at all. Uh, but uh, believing will always come first. Uh, and then having them, having the things that you desire always comes second. Right. So your believing has to come before your receiving. Uh, and, and if you and if you don't, then then uh, even if you get it, you can't uh, say, well, Lord, that was a good victory of faith on my part. It was blind squirrel faith. Right. You just stepped over it and somehow you got it and you didn't even mean to get it. Right. Uh, and so and, I, and that's fine. Right. If you get it, praise God. I'm glad you got it. Uh, but I want to. You know, for, for me, faith is very deterministic. Faith says, here's what you can have. Here's the life that you can live. Here's the wellness that you can uh, uh, operate in every day of your life. That's the thing I like about faith. It says you can have all these specific things, and here's how to obtain all of them. 
It, there's no mystery about it. There's no, well, you just win some, you lose some. See, that's a mystery because then you don't know. If it's you win some, you lose some, then, then you're just rolling the dice all your life. And a lot of Christians who live their life is rolling the dice. They just, you just never know. I mean, you know, you walk out the door, you might get run over. That's somebody rolling the dice every day. No, uh, when I walk out the door, I'm going to the other side. Uh, there's no wishy-washiness. If, if the Lord says I'm going to the other side, then I'm going to the other side. What if the whole boat fills up with water? It didn't sink, did it? Boats that fill up with water usually sink. And yet the Bible said the boat was filled with water. Uh, and, and yet, uh, did it sink? No, because the, the word had been spoken. And so many times we look at the natural things and we say, well, then it's, it must not be working. And yet Jesus didn't seem to be very concerned about it. So the, th- the thing about faith that, that is, is nice is faith uh, prescribes the life that you can live without fear, with complete knowledge that you can have his angels watching over you, that they'll keep you in all your ways, that you can have all your desires met. See, those are all very specific, very clear about how you can live. There's no mystery about it. There's no wondering about whether you're going to be here today or tomorrow, right? You ever heard the old phrase, you know, see you tomorrow. Oh, the Lord willing. You mean you don't know? You're rolling the dice and I'm not riding home with you because you don't know. Yeah, Lord willing. Or, you know, or of course, the, the uh, train might run over me too. You know, you just never know. You just never know. I mean, you just, you, just, you can't know, you know. The Lord's ways are higher than our ways. Uh, that should mean a good thing, right? Uh, if, they're higher, you know, if they're higher than our ways, then, then he would know if there's a train coming, wouldn't he? Uh, you don't know if there's a train coming or not. Uh, and so, <clears throat> but, but a lot of people live their lives wandering through life, never really knowing what tomorrow holds, never really knowing if they're going to be here today or tomorrow. Well, you just, well, you know, you just never know when your time's up. You know, uh, you ever hear that, right? Uh, you know. Uh, uh, and, and I'm thinking, I'm going to pull your Pentecostal card. You give me that card back, you know. Don't you ever say you just never know when your time's up. The Bible says that with long life, he'd satisfy you, right, and show you salvation. That's when your time's up. If you're, if you're 34 years old, you are not have lived a long life, then you can't say that, right? No, you just never know when your time's up. I know exactly when my time will be up. When, when I decide, my time is up. Uh, and, and that's what faith says. I know exactly what my life will be. I don't know what the Lord's got in, in, in store for me tomorrow, but I do know it's a good thing. But I know I'll be here tomorrow, and I'll be here the next day, and I'll be here the day after that, and I'll be here for many years and decades in the future until the time the Lord says, you know, it's time for you to come home. Uh, then, then when he says it's time for me to come home, then I'll just put it on my calendar, tell my kids, hey, next Tuesday I'm heading out. And, you know, Lester did that. Lester Summerall did that, and they thought he was crazy. Um, you know, next Tuesday at 10.30 I'm going home. Oh, he's just getting senile, you know. That's just really disrespectful to, to think that a, a man that lived a whole life of faith, uh, well, he's just senile now. And, of course, you know, that on Tuesday that morning, he said, oh, there's Jesus, I'm gone, and just turned the light off and left, right? His body slumped over, and I'm sure they wrote something on the death certificate. But, you know, he, he left when, it was time, when he said, it's time to go. It's time to go, boys, let's go. Uh, that's the way faith should be in our lives. We know. Uh, in fact, he said uh, in verse in, in uh, 1 John 5, uh, 14, he says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if, he ask, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And, of course, people will use that one part of that verse according to his will. So you just can't know the will of God. You just can't, you know. Well, then why are we asking according to his will if we don't know what his will is? Well, that's why we say if it's your will. But that, that, that means you don't know what his will is. He said we're supposed to ask according to his will. 
So we first find out what His will is, and then we ask Him for that. We don't, we don't just pray, Lord, whatever it is. We don't know, and we can't know. It can't be known. Then just do something. Well, what's the point of praying if that's, the, you know... Uh, what does Colossians 1.9 say? That uh, we can be filled with the real knowledge of His will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. In uh, Ephesians 5.17 says uh, that uh, uh, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So if we can be filled with the knowledge of His will, well then, I mean, we can do what it says, right? Is that up there in a verse there? Colossians, uh, pull up Colossians 1.9 over there, Jared. And... Um, uh, <clears throat> We'll see how, how, how long it takes to do that. Uh, that we might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And different translations say in spiritual wisdom and understanding. Um, but we be filled with the knowledge of His will. Filled with the knowledge of His will. So that means you can be filled with, with, with what He wants done in your life. Is that, what, is that what it says? Well, then you can't say biblically, well, you just never know what the will of God is. Well, then you've not been filled with it. Because if you've been filled with it, you would know what it is, wouldn't you? Uh, then would you know if it's, if it's uh, God's will for you, for you to be alive tomorrow? You, you know, I, I remember I was at my nephew's funeral many years ago. And, and the, the minister got up and said, well, you just never know. You know, God needed him in heaven more than he needed him here on this earth. So he's saying God stole the, this child from his mother because he needed him in heaven. I mean, running low on angels or something. I mean... And, you know, we don't become angels, right? We're, we're always the human race, whether we're on the earth or in heaven. We don't become angels. Angels are angels. Humans are humans. And they're two separate orders of, of, uh, of creation, right? Uh, and, and, and we're the only ones made in God's image. So we actually are above an angels in, in, the, in the order of creation. Uh, angels aren't made in God's image. Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, basically you're saying, well, you just never know. I mean, we're, we're, just, we're just looking at the events and we're assuming that that's God's will. That that person died uh, as a teenager. You're assuming that that's the will of God? Why would you not assume that, that the, the, there's a devil, according to John 10.10, 10, that the thief cometh not but to do what? To, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So if it looks like killing, if it looks like stealing, and if it looks like destroying, then who's the source of it? Well, the devil is. So if a person dies at age 15, who's the source of that? Well, the devil, it's not God. No, it's the devil, right? Because he's the one who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Uh, and so uh, when, when it's time for you to go, you just leave. Uh, and, and the body without the spirit can't be sustained. Uh, and it will turn off. And however it turns off, you know, I don't know. But uh, uh, it'll turn off. Amen. So if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So you can know the will of God. And really, you shouldn't pray until you know the will of God. You shouldn't, you shouldn't go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need this. That's why these prayers, Lord, if it be your will, you know, heal grandma. Otherwise, you know, just let her die a horrible death. That's really what they're saying, right? You know, and they don't really say it that way. They just say, Lord, if it's your will, heal them. So you don't know? I mean, you know, Lord, if it's your will, heal this, this young mother. You, you think it's God's will to take the young mother away from her family, away from her children, away from her husband? I mean, is that, is that really God's will? That the parent has to bury the child? I mean, how is that God's will, right? A parent should never have to bury a child. And yet parents have buried many children, right? Uh, is that God's will? Uh, you know, uh, how many people suffer under, uh, uh, under um, the thoughts of these things, uh, thinking it might have been God's will for this person to die? Uh, 
and they live with that knowledge. Um, you know, uh, uh, Martin Luther made a statement years ago. He's praying for somebody, uh, and he said, "Lord, you know, um, you need to heal this person." He said, "Otherwise, um, I'm not going to be able to trust you." I mean, that's kind of my paraphrase of what he said. But, but I mean, that's that's uh, that's a pretty strong statement, right? That you need to heal this person, or or, or I'm not going to be able to trust you in the future. Uh, and of course, the man got healed, right? The person that he was praying for was healed. Yeah, that's really a statement of a person who knows faith, uh, because Lord, you said you'd heal him, and so you know if you don't, then there's the, the, we're gonna we're gonna have a problem here, right? Uh, and and um, you know even uh, Brother Hagen uh, was, was talking to the Lord about uh, I think it was his mother, might have been his sister, but he was praying for them, and, and uh, I think it was his mother, uh, and. and uh, uh, the Lord said it was, it's time, time to, for her to come home. She's not, she's not going to make it. You know, she's not going to, she's going to die of the sickness. Uh, and um, he said, Lord, he said, you know, uh, you can do whatever you want to because in that case, you know, your faith for somebody else is can be limited by that somebody else, right? Your faith for you is unlimited, but your faith for somebody else, they still you have to cross their will, right? You have to. Uh, and if your will is in conflict with their will, then you're going to be constrained to what you can do for somebody else because their will will always override your will. And if their will is to die, you can pray all you know, to your blue in the face and, and nothing's going to happen, right? They're going to die. Uh, and, and I have seen that many times in praying for people that are near death that th- they want to go home. And, and that's no reflection on, on, you know, we're not saying they're terrible people for that. Because sometimes the fight is more than people are willing to, to, to do, right? Sometimes the fight is too much. And, and then let them go. Uh, let them go home to be with the Lord. and Because and, uh, and they're going home to be with the Lord. I mean, so they're going to be okay, amen? Uh, it would, would it be better for them to be healed? Sure, it would be. But, you know, uh, so, you, so, you, so there is a limit to praying for others, right? Uh, and you have to find out where, where that is. You've got to find out where they are, amen? Now, the will of God doesn't change. His will is still to heal them. But if their will is to not be healed and to go home to be with the Lord, then they'll go home to be with the Lord. Uh, but he was praying for his mom, and, and, and the Lord said, well, you know, uh, you, just need, you need to let her come on home. And he said, well, Lord, he said, right now, you know, uh, he grew up poor, and his father left him, and, you know, um, when he was just a child, and he, and he said, uh, I've never been able to do for my mom until now in my life, you know, because I had to learn finances, I had to learn all these things, and, you know, I'm just now at a point in my life where I can be a blessing to my mom. And I want to be a blessing to her. I want to thank her for all the years that she, that she helped me. Uh, and um, he, said, he said, now, Lord, uh, if you say there's nothing I can do about it, I'll let her go. He said, but I'm going to remind you for all eternity that, that, that she left early. Uh, and, you know, he was negotiating with the Lord. And, you know, uh, Moses negotiated with the Lord. Abraham negotiated with the Lord. There's a lot of examples of negotiating with the Lord. <clears throat> and, and I'm all for negotiating with the Lord because he'll tell you something. But, but he, you know, you've got to understand when he's telling you something, is he saying that that's his desire or that's just his knowledge, right? Hezekiah, he never said it was desire for his, his desire for Hezekiah to die. He's just saying, I know that he's going to die. So it could be changed, right? It was changed with Hezekiah. Uh, and, and the Lord said, then I'll do, I'll, I'll do what you ask me to do. He said, well, give her five more years uh, and then she can go home. And she lived five more years and she went home to be with the Lord. Uh, and so... Uh, uh, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So uh, 
that implies that if he asks something that's not his will, does he hear you? Doesn't even hear you, right? Uh, and so, uh, and that's really why a lot of people never get their prayers answered because the Lord never hears. Them. You go to the Lord and say, Lord, how come you didn't answer that prayer? I didn't hear you pray. Well, Lord, I said if it's your will, you know, I do something. I never heard that. That's not, that's not according to my will. I never heard that. Because uh, he said, according to his will, his will is to heal us. And haven't we proven that many times over in the word of God? Then if you say, Lord, if it's your will to heal them. That, you know, I, did somebody say something? I thought, I, no, nah, maybe it wasn't anything, you know. He, it never, he, he never hears it, right? So if he never hears it, does he answer no? If it's never, if it's never heard, then there's not an answer no. It's just not an answer because it was never heard. Now, you know, and of course, I, I know we're, it seems like we're splitting hairs a little bit, but that's what it says, right? If you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. So the only way he'll ever hear you is if you're praying according to his will. And where is his will revealed? In the word of God, right? Then he said that I am the Lord to heal thee. So what's his will? To heal, right? I mean, that's, that's about as simple as it can be. So if you say, Lord, if it's your will, heal him, then are you praying according to his will? No, you're praying that, Lord, I don't know what your will is. Well, I thought I told you what my will is. I know what you said, Lord, but I don't know if it's your will. But I said I want you to be healed. Yeah, but I don't know if you want me to be healed. But I do want you to be healed. Yeah, but I don't know that you want me to be healed. And, 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 and I'm sure the Lord's like, what's wrong with you? You know, uh, I told you I want you to be well. Yeah, but Lord, I don't know that you want me to be well. But I told you I do. I know, Lord, but I don't know. You know, uh, And that's why the next verse is so important. He said, and if we know... That he hears us. See, faith always knows. I know the will of God. I know it's the will of God for me to make it home alive. I know it's the will of God for me to be here tomorrow. I know it's the will of God for me to live a life of divine health. I know. Now, I don't know because I'm smart. I don't know because I'm an intelligent person. I know because that's what he said. And if that's what he said, then yes, sir. Then, 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 then if that's what you said, then if we ask anything according to your will that, uh, uh, that we have, those things which we desire, right? Of course, he said, uh, uh, he said in verse 15 here, if we know that he hears us, you guys, I just sometimes I don't even know if the Lord even hears my prayers. People say things like that, don't they? I don't even know if the Lord hears my prayers. I know he hears every one of my prayers, every single one, because I'm not going to pray unless I know the will of God. And he hears all my prayers. No exceptions, right? If, we, if I ask according to his will, there's never an exception. He said, if, if we know he hears us, whatsoever we ask. Well, that kind of sounds like uh, uh, Mark eleven twenty four. What things soever you desire. This says, what things soever we ask, or whatsoever we ask. Uh, and so uh, faith always knows. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask. So again, there's that whatsoever, right? And the whatsoever is tying in with verse 14, according to his will. Well, you can't know if it's the will of God to heal you. There's a thousand scriptures that tell you that he wants you to be healed, right? I don't know about a thousand, but there's a lot, right? Uh, and so hundreds of them for sure. Uh, then, then if you've asked according to his will, then we know. There's that we know again. Faith always knows. Faith is never in doubt. Well, I just don't know. I, you know, I just, I don't know if God's going to come through or not. Faith says we know and we know uh, that we have the petitions, the requests, the, the asking that we had that we desired of him. So if you ask for healing, right, uh, then will he not heal you? I mean, do we is that according to his will? Then can you believe that you that you'll be healed? 
Well, sure you can, right? As if that's what it says, that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So uh, the whole, I can't believe that I'm healed until I'm healed is real, right? People do that all the time. People have a hard time believing that they're healed. Well, I can't say I'm healed if I'm not healed. I mean, then, then uh, people, I mean, everything of faith has to be that way. I, I will get saved if I pray the, pray the sinner's prayer, right? It's not really the sinner's prayer, but uh, there's no prayer, no part of sin that's involved in that. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, get, you, you don't get saved until you pray the prayer. Well, I can't, I can't pray the prayer unless, I, unless I'm saved, right? I mean, that doesn't make any sense, but that's the way all faith is. You do the thing that it says, and then you receive the thing that you, that you ask for. Uh, but you have to believe that. You, know, you have to believe that you're going to get saved before you pray the prayer of faith. You don't uh, pray, well, I hope so, right? And, and, and listen, I've prayed for a lot of folks, you know. Uh, it says, you know, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that you've got to believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and, and confess Jesus as your Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. Uh, and I say, are you, are you willing to confess Jesus as your Lord? Are you willing to confess him as the one, the chief in, one chief in charge of your life? Well, well I'll try. Well, then you're not really qualified yet. You're not qualified to receive salvation because it says you've got to do these two things, only two things, right, to get saved. And if you do these two things, then you'll get saved. Uh, and they say, well, I'll, you know, I'll try. Well, then come back tomorrow until you say, with all this in me, I'll, I'll do that to the last breath of my on the earth. Then now you're qualified to get saved, right? Uh, and so, uh, so First John uh, 5, 14 and 15 are, are pretty clear, right? So do you have confidence? See, a Christian should have confidence that when they pray, God hears them. If they don't know, if uh, I just don't know, then they have no confidence. If they don't have any confidence, then the same thing as having no faith, right? Because confidence is, is the fruit of faith, right? If you believe God, then, then you'll have confidence uh, that uh, if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. See, you have to have confidence in those things. You could have confidence that if you know he hears you, then you have confidence that whatever you ask, that you know that you have those petitions. Uh, and so, so you, you've got to uh, you've got to believe God the way that he prescribes. Amen. Uh, and if you do that, then then faith always comes first and the manifestation of the faith always comes second. Right. The believing always comes first and the receiving always comes second. That's the order of faith. That's always the order of faith. And it, it works that way for salvation. It works that way for for healing. It works that way for provision. Anything that you have need of, you believe God and then receive afterwards. You don't receive and then believe God. There's no point in believing if you've already received. Right. Uh, and so, um, you know, when Abraham had to believe uh, uh, for Isaac, right? Uh, he had to, the Bible says that, that uh, he didn't waver in his faith, but stood strong. Uh, and then Isaac came. Uh, and and um, uh, there's lots of examples like that. Um, uh, and so we need to, um, uh, I think he, he mentions an example here. Uh, in, in Numbers, right? Uh, yeah, over Numbers 21, he mentions about um, the story with the serpents, right? With the, with the fire of serpents. And, and you remember what happened. In fact, uh, maybe it's good to just go over there and, and read that in Numbers 21. Um, you know, prior to uh, the serpent on the pole, the nation of Israel were doing what the nation of Israel did so many times, right? Which is to get in sin and, and then God would have to bail them out. Uh, and so in Numbers 21, it says in verse 4, And they journeyed from, from Mount Or 
uh, by way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. See, it was their soul that was discouraged, right? Not their spirit, man. The soul is in your mind, your will, and your emotions, and, and that can get discouraged if you don't uh, maintain a life of faith. And the people spake against God. You know, when your soul becomes discouraged, you will say things that are ungodly. So you need to keep your soul in, in, in line with your spirit, man. Amen? Otherwise, you're going to say things that are going to cost you dearly. And, and they spoke against God and against Moses. Wherefore, have you brought us out... Uh, up, uh, brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness for there is no bread neither is there any water and our soul loathes this light bread in other words the, the manna right the miracle bread that showed up every day free of charge at their doorstep open up the door and there's lunch every day the breakfast every day dinner every day uh, that's a miracle right I keep trying to figure out how to get that to happen in my house just show up and you know magic food right uh, that'd be really nice right uh, I mean, they get close now. They got these, you know, delivery things. You just you, you click a couple buttons on the Internet. Food shows up at your doorstep, right? It's pretty co except it costs money, right? This was free. That costs money, you know, and it's not near, nearly as good as, as supernatural bread. Uh, and it says, and the Lord sent or Lord allowed fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and much of the Israel died. Well, why did you know there were never any fiery serpents ever sent when they were in a perfect will of God? When they were honoring God and worshiping God, there's no fiery serpent sent. So the only time that these things happened was when they got out of the will of God. Uh, and, and so, therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. You reckon? Uh, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Now, we're in chapter 21 of Numbers. How many times have they done this? So many times, right? So many times. Uh, and they, they, they never learned. Every time we do this, serpents bite us and we die. Every time we do this, the earth opens up and eats us. And we die. Every time we do this, you know, the, the plague of death comes and we die. Seemed like they would have figured out, you know, well, you should stop doing this, right? Because they kept murmuring against the Lord and kept getting eaten by the earth or things happen. Yeah, and did they ever learn? No. I mean, they're dumb as bricks, right? You think, I mean, you know, one time, okay, we'll get you twice. We'll let you cut it, you know, three times, you know, you're on the edge. But this is like a dozen times. They're just slow, right? Uh, and so they never did figure it out. Uh, uh, he said, For we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray uh, unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And, and it shall pass that everyone that, that is bitten, when he looks upon it, he shall, she, he shall live. So Moses made a serpent of brass. And of course, we know that this fiery serpent is a representation of Jesus, right? Jesus quotes this uh, in John uh, 3.15. Uh, and he put it on a pole, and it shall come to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he liveth. So this is the order of events, right? Uh, if you get bitten, then you have to be in faith. Then you have to look at the fiery serpent. And only until you look at the fiery serpent and believe in that, then you'll get healed. Well, Lord, if you want to be healed, just heal me. Yeah, but look at the brass. I'm just not sure that's going to work. Well, then die. Well, then people, you, you reckon people died? I bet there was a few people that died. You know, well, you just, you just, Lord, if it's your will, you'll heal me. Yeah, but I told you how to get healed. Look at the serpent and you'll be healed. Lord, if it's your will. I just told you my will. Look at the serpent, you'll be healed. Yeah, but you know, I just don't really know that it's going to work, right? Uh, if the Lord wants me well, he'll make me well. But people say stuff like that all the time. And it's just, sometimes I wonder about folks. It's like, but he told you how to do it. Believe that you receive and then you'll have it. Believe that when you look on the, on the fire serpent, 
then you'll be healed. And, and everybody that looked on the uh, fiery serpent was healed, right? Because it says, and when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So, but he had to believe first. But Lord, I, I choose to believe by looking at the, the fiery serpent that you said, if I do that, I'll be well, then I'll be well. And they did, right? And they followed the prescription there and they were, they were, uh, and they were okay, right? So uh, it, it's, uh, uh, the, the process is pretty straightforward, right? Uh, that uh, we have to follow in order to be in faith. But uh, uh, a lot of times people have a real hard time with that. A lot of times people struggle with that basic premise of faith because that's, that, that believing first and then receiving is the way all faith works. It's not just for healing. It works for everything. But that's why you hear much of the church when they pray, there's no faith in their prayers. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes people will use the words, Lord, if it's your will. But a lot of times, even if they don't use those specific words, you, when you listen to what they pray, they're not praying anything because they don't really believe that if whatever I believe, whatever desire, when I believe, when I pray that uh, I believe and then I receive it, they're just hoping for things, right? They're just in hope. They're never in faith. Uh, and that's really the issue is many people live a life of hope and never live a life of faith because faith says we know we know when i do this i'll receive it that's faith hope says when i do this i would like to get it i wish that i would get it uh, it would be nice to get it but i will only know that i get it if i actually get it which is kind of not faith at all right uh, and so uh, but that is it that is a big thing you know, people really struggle with believing that they're healed when they're not healed uh, uh, and I mean, that's all of faith, right? All of faith works that exact same way, right? That if I do this thing, I'll receive the end of my faith. Uh, and so, uh, so uh, we're about out of time there. We'll, we'll, we'll finish up this, this next uh, question there, and then next week we'll go through the questions uh, of the chapter, and then we'll start uh, really the last chapter of the book. Uh, it will be about Paul's thorn in the flesh, and uh, he actually goes through a lot of detail in that, and... and um, we may not have to take as much time, but uh, he does go through a lot of uh, good, good foundation for that. Uh, because have you ever heard people use Paul's thorn in the flesh as a reason to believe God wants you to be sick and, and, and not well? People do it all the time, right? And yet uh, the problem with it is just so not even right, you know? Uh, you know, with just a little bit of studying, not even a lot. I mean, not like Ph.D. level studying. This is, we're talking like grammar school studying. Just uh, look these things up and go, oh, yeah, it doesn't mean that at all. And yet people... Uh, you know, there, there's, there's sometimes in a church, people are looking for reasons to not believe God. They're looking for reasons that sometimes God wants you to be sick. They're looking for reasons for sometimes God wants you to not prosper. Uh, looking for some reasons for God to not sometimes actually have his angels in charge over you. That sometimes, you know, you, sometimes you need to dash your foot against a stone. It'll help you. It'll teach you some things. You know, I, I mean, I haven't dashed my foot against a stone many times, but there have been a few times that I've done that over the years and, and I have never come out and going, man, I learned so much for that. I mean, I'm so enlightened now because I smashed my, my, my big toe on that bed rail. That's the worst, right? The bed rail, right? The, the foot, you know, it's, it's in a steel and that, that hurts so bad, right? Uh, I have never in all my life ever gone, man, I, I just, I feel like I've really learned something for all that there. You know, never have, and, and neither have you, right? I mean, I, I know you all haven't, but There'll be people who say, oh, yeah, you lie. You didn't learn nothing from that except that it hurt really bad, right? You didn't learn nothing. Are you any more spiritual because of that? No, you're not at all, right? Uh, and so, 
So he's got a lot of good things to say about that, and we'll pick that up uh, next week. So why don't we pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for the word of God, and Father, we thank you that uh, we can be the healed of God. Father, you said that what things here we desire, when we pray, believe that we receive them and we shall have them. So, Father, we desire, if we're sick, we desire a well body. If, if we're broke, Father, we desire to be prosperous. Uh, if we're uh, being attacked, we desire deliverance, Father. You said what things here we desire when we pray. So, Father, we, we pray. We thank you, Father, that we're healed. We pray for your deliverance, Father. We thank you, Father, that we are prosperous. Uh, and, Father, we believe that we'll have the end of our faith. Uh, and, uh, and so, Father, you do the doing. We'll do the believing, Father, and you always do the doing. You said you would, Father. We're not making anything up. We're not requiring you to do something you didn't say you would do, Father. We're just thanking you that you said it. And so, therefore, if you said it, it has to happen. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And, you know, there's really no way for things not to happen. When Jesus said we're going to the other side, it had to happen. And so if God said you shall have it, then there's really no way for that to happen unless you mess it up. Yeah. Right? You mean, and, and, of course, we're, we're, we're experts at messing things up, aren't we? Right? I mean, we have PhDs in messing things up. Uh, but, you know, the Lord's merciful. Amen. We can straighten up and do better the next time. And so um, I just, you know, the whole concept of faith, I love, I love learning about faith because, uh, to me, it's just the great equalizer, right? It makes all of us on the same level. It makes all of us have the ability to receive from heaven. It's not, well, you're special and I'm not, so therefore you'll get things and I won't. That makes things hard, right? Because then I don't know how to become special. If I'm not special, how do I become special? Uh, well, it's not about being special. It's just, well, Lord, you said that, and so I, I believe that you'll do exactly what you said. Amen? And so let, let's uh, get re ready to receive this afternoon's offering. Uh, and... Um, um, and don't forget, of course, we've got our, our book out there. So, uh, uh, you know, if, uh, uh, if you, someone needs a copy of that book and they can't afford to buy the book, you let me know. We'll just give them a copy of the book. You know, it's not about selling things. It's about making sure people have access to the Word of God. Amen. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's uh, uh, 7,000 verses or so in that book. So I believe they'll read all 7,000 verses. They'll get, uh, get faith by the end of it for sure. Amen. Because the word of God always produces faith. And so come ahead, Mr. Jared. <clears throat> and um, yeah, me and Chris. Uh, and of course, Miss Sue read, I don't know, thousands of verses too, right? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the, the, the Twitty, we call it Twitty, you know, the one guy, he's super verbose, right? I mean, you know, one guy may say Jesus wept and he'll be three sentences, you know, about Jesus weeping and and so he was really verbose, but they had some good ones in there. So, yeah, we may skip those every now and then because there are a lot of words. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, you read verses on healing, then your faith for healing increases. Amen. You read verses on prosperity, your, your faith for prosperity increases. Amen. Because faith has always come from the word. So it's just a good resource. So praise God. Be blessed. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. And, and you're dismissed.